and welcome to the DM's Book Club, a podcast where each week we talk about some Dungeons and Dragons and how you may fit it into your role-playing campaigns. I did not know there was a dance routine made for it, but Fiona has been doing one. Interpretive dance, that's what I thought I'd do. Yes. Here we are, though. Here we are. We've made it. We've made it. Through MCM. Yep. Through the multiverse. We've finally made it to possibly the most exciting release uh, ever, which I'm very, oh, very excited about. I've actually, I brought it out, even though none of our watchers can see it or listeners can see it. The alt cover. <laughs> it's so gorgeous. I saw it in person at your your house that you're in you the did. room you were in right now. <laughs> exactly. That's that's where we store all the alt copies of every book ever made. But they are... <laughs> as I can prove and testament to, <laughs> I've seen Fiona's room, and yes, she does own every TTRPG there is. That's what having no kids does for you. <laughs> Disposable <laughs> income. It is so true. <laughs> Hamilton, what are we talking about today? What is the topic? We are talking about to what we have probably become the de facto experts on probably now. We'll put that on uh, our little business cards, de facto experts. Probably thanks to my own influence of forcing us to look at the planes of existence. Mm -hmm. We are looking at Planescape Adventures in the Multiverse. I'm very excited about it. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So yeah, although it's been a couple of weeks out at time of recording Mm. that uh, Planescape has been out, we are going to go through it in a middling's amount of detail. I'll be honest, I read it a couple of weeks ago, you've read it more recently, and obviously we've done uh, Travel Book Club as well, so we might be, there might be some assumed knowledge about certain things, uh, but there will definitely be spoilers, particularly for the adventure Turn of Fortune's Wheel. Which we'll do at the end, I think, more than anything. I think we're going to start with the sort of like overview yes and depending on how it gets cut it might be a second episode it might not be depending on how long we ramble yes the adventure will be something but it'll be later we'll warn you when it comes to it so hamilton so what do we get when we buy planescape adventures in the multiverse what do you get is probably the best thing to come out of wizards for a very long time but (laughs) what you get is three books Three Three books. books. You get Mm -hmm. one called Sigil and the Outlands, or Sigil and the Outlands, depending on your choice, Mm -hmm. which is a primer, uh, as it is, for the planes. It includes Mm -hmm. not only backgrounds and feats, but it also gives you some new spells, as well as magic items, gives you an outline of what Sigil is and the Outlands and all its gate towns. And Mm -hmm. like going off one of the the most recent two travel book clubs we did were this in mm-hmm. theory we will probably be going over things but what i would say uh, that it does is it goes into all of those outlands and places in the outlands uh, sort of the gate towns and places in the outlands yes yeah in much more detail and with imagery that is oh. so much more evocative yes than we've got before yeah and then you get mort's planar parade which is a bestiary yeah. mort being the skull who is not a mirror who is just a floating dead skull mm-hmm. who is the character you first meet when you play planescape torment he is the mm-hmm. character in the mortuary there that you talk to and is your little companion. Uh, and there's some great monsters and peoples that we have met during the old Planescapes, but are updated to 5e with also new and exciting variations on it. Like we've had, for example, there are Gisarai in this, yes. for example, but we've had Gisarai already in 5e, but not in the denominations that we're getting them now. No, no. Which are really interesting ones. And we get things more actually related to faction agents. Whilst in the old Planescape, you used to get particular people. So all the main factoles did have actual particular stats for them sometimes and then there was different ones for it this they've kind of gone for a more wider ranging sometimes one sometimes two for each faction that you you can use a little bit more freely to build your Mm -hmm. encounters with those peoples and then finally a third book 
called Turn of Fortune's Wheel, which is an adventure, which is very good. Yes. And includes an Arcana Loth, which I think we kind of found us to be one of our favorite mm. beings of the multiverse, I think. You've had some dealings with one as we as I recall. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I get I get flashbacks to being yeah. betrayed by an <laughs> obvious villain, and I'm like, I can't believe it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this Arkanov is uh, yeah is the central sort of villain, so to speak. Uh, minor spoilers, obviously, but uh, but yeah, I think overall, when you compare the last box set of Spelljammer compared mm. to this, mm. firstly, as far as I can tell, and obviously this is Fiona just speaking. Nothing problematic, which is good. Good start. Uh, good start. You know, tick, hooray, don't upset anyone. Obviously, the artwork is so evocative. There's so many different art styles, and it really feels that perfect mixture of high fantasy, but also sci-fi. It feels in places, some of the imagery looks very much like Blade Runner or cyberpunk in some places. Again, these ideas mm. of really packed streets and, and uh, takeout places I thought were really cool. Yeah, there's some really cool new locations in Sigil, definitely. Mm, yeah, and they've done, I think, enough to narrow it down. So I, I know we keep referring to the Travel Book Club, but that was a lot. You know what? I feel like for every box release now, maybe we should do the the second edition first because then I feel really prepared. Yeah. Um, but if it feels like what they've taken out of it compared to what they took out of Spelljammer yeah. feels like this is more complete. There's a lots of there's stuff yeah. in it, but it's condensed in a way and streamlined in a way that we're not mm. going, oh, but you've missed this out, or have you missed that out? No. There's a few variations on Sigil on the Outlands book that I gave you. And then they do that throughout the Planescape 2E that we'd find, like, there's a book that talks about it in 16 pages. And there's a book that will talk about one area in 16 pages as well. And that's sort of how the old 2A used to work. You'd get a bit of information, then you get a book that talks about it in much more detail. And then you get another book that actually talks about it all the way through in depth. And so I think this has found a really, as you said, struck a good balance of... Mm giving you enough information, giving you really cool little locations to go to, here's mm. a really intricate, detailed set of paragraphs that will give you everything you need to know. Mm. And then from there, you're set and golden, really, I think, on a lot of those places. Also, again, escaping ahead a little bit, but just wanted to talk about the maps very briefly. So often oh. you get the beautiful two big poster maps. One on mm. one side is of the, the Outlands and all the so the way it looks and the, the, the 16 different gate towns and how they uh, correspond. And then on the flip side, you have uh, Sigil's yeah. sort of map. So A, amazing, beautiful. I, I'm always yeah. a big fan of those Let's things. But then the maps in the adventure of Turn of the Fortune's Wheel, what I love about it, again, they're very straightforward, very evocative, very beautiful. I think that's Dyson yeah. Logos, uh, Logos again. No, Logos. it's Blando, isn't it? It's Blando, I'm so sorry. Blando, yeah, which is really loving their work instantly what i can tell from the maps as we discussed off podcast uh we did a fiona recce in a sense the dungeons or the place that have maps are very small at most eight rooms they're mm. not 20 yeah. 30 rooms of you have to remember so i was just like that is amazing because i i think it just for me it feels like okay if you've got a, a section with a map that is at least one session perhaps two yeah but you're not going to be stuck in a dungeon or a abandoned ruin for ages so it feels like these encounters they mm. have been uh certainly in the in that in the adventure feels very much like uh very succinct very streamlined urban in that sense absolutely and it just it just yeah. be able that you know you'll be able to move the story along you're not going mm. oh there's another 20 rooms before you find the exit you know you know that okay there's a way to get out and i just think the maps just portray it very beautifully so instantly i'm like oh yeah i can run this yeah. particular encounter or oh yeah 
this is easy. I can do this in the next session. Yeah. Going back to the old Planescape, what they've picked up on that and used in a different way is that the art style was, because it's such an evocative and different setting to, I was listening to Brennan's on the way home from work because uh, yes. I hadn't listened to them yet. And, you know, he put it very well of like, you know, it it is, you know, everyone, when you read the DMG, you can get ideas of Faerun and Greyhawk and all that stuff. But this is something very different and it requires yeah. that artistic and Dieter Litzi interpretation that gave everyone what Planescape was, you know, mm. really made it the, you know, and explained it. But this, I think, takes it another level of explanation using the tools that we've got now with digital art, as well as just knowing the story and people being experiencing Planescape much more and having different artists interpreting it, which is actually part of me is like, oh dear Lord, it should all be Dieter Litzi because I'm a massive fan and of it's course. what to me brings planescape but i don't you can go and find that you can just get that on the internet mm. this i think is really interesting because you're seeing it You've got francesco bayerald doing the maps those poster Beautiful maps who did the lovely ones for dragonlance that we fell in yes. love with as well then you've got um as we said i've just forgotten the name i mentioned a minute ago um who did the the inner maps which the the, the location maps which again in them you have a space you may have a larger zoomed in map you have a, a bit of an overall map and then you might have a section or a three-dimensional view of the space mm -hmm. to go along with it so yes. you get so much more visual expression of all of these really complicated and complex ex experiences that aren't your traditional fantasy realm because in mm -hmm. the fantasy realm we go oh this is a castle map we don't need a picture of a castle because we all kind of have our own interpretation of what a castle might be. But when you go, well, this is a weird mortuary that's like got bubble architecture and spins around in, in a labyrinthian way and hovers over mass, you know, furnaces. Mm. Well, that's going to be quite a thing to take on for some people in their brain. So having the way that those spaces and places are mapped out in this book yes. is, I think, so great and when we come to the the outland gate towns mm. you know, i was like the gehenna one i was like oh that's so much cooler than the little crappy deep little map i got the one and you saw yeah in the old one this one is like there's huge towers on volcanoes oh my gosh and it's <laughs> like it's a huge city and i'm like wow i i love gehenna already but the gate town is now even more exciting than mm. I, I already thought it was and stuff like that so yeah i completely agree uh yeah just to say because i've just i quickly had a quick look the cartographers are yeah. marco bernardini jared yeah. blando and mike schnelli yeah. Obviously, all the credits are there. So many in interior illustrators. Mm. And I, again, I feel sort of a bit more reassured that this feels, again, touch because I'm yeah. very bad at spotting AI art. This feels like a lot of love has gone into the art. Yeah. Before we started, they put up a big. Uh, uh, 2024 updates from the D&D creators themselves and they're saying like next a uh, lot of cool rule books and stuff like that they've developed it so that every subclass has art and yeah. every uh, class has art of representative other things so you're not just getting one yeah. or two you're going to have everything and they said that that was a big conscious decision and we're going to get artists for it there is so much art in this book as well oh, I know there's just so much more every single thing has been given like it's so much art love Mm. And I appreciate all of it because it's it's such an incredible setting and just bringing life to it is so cool. Like I'm looking at the struggle between Chaos and Order, two Gith warriors battle Slardy on the plain of Limbo. Oh. And it's just this, just a lovely just bit of more world building. Again, just as, as a sort of general comment, it feels like Gith Yankee are really having their moment just now, just through Boulder's Gate. And then the last couple yeah. of books of that, there, there's been more representation of different classes that aren't necessarily the humanoid yeah. 
ones that and like with Yankee, obviously we've done an episode on them a long, long time ago and about their sort of almost tragic history and the sort of the sort of internal turmoil between the GIF Yankee and the GIF Sari mm. and the, their sort of uh, inter, their fight against the scourge of the mind flayers. So mm. it's just really nice to see them, a lot of artwork of them. And obviously I know when we go into the B Street, there's it's now different versions of it. It just feels like, yes, this feels like my Doctor Who universe. There is like, ah, oh, there are so many different uh, species and, and lineages and it just, oh. It's incredible. It, that's the thing. Like Spelljammer is meant to be D and D in space, but this is sci-fi D and D. Yes, in the best kind of way. It's just so wild and bizarre. And like, I'm looking at the the art by One Pixel Brush, who does the three D oh, yes. sort of environment ones. That that I'm just like, this is a movie, right? Yeah. If this is not where the movie goes next, because like you've got the Ooh. cool Lady of Pain, you've got these beautiful like, I'm watching Foundation now. Finally, after being a big fan of the books, and I'm mm. loving the art direction in that and it's very star warsy but in its own way and mm-hmm. it was like this is so cool this looks so cool this is concept art for a movie i want to watch and exist mm-hmm. in and like the hall of speakers which the art in the old book is a lovely piece of art and it is very evocative and you in the old 2d brain that you have in those days where you you look at a picture and, and like you look at video games that were two pixels and you go i can see a world it's incredible <laughs> and now we're so used to like very high def resolutions mm. this just adds another layer to it I, i'm gonna keep going on about this but i'm i'm in love with it my only criticism so far of the structure of the yes. book, or, or, or just in general because obviously i know we're going to dive in deep to like each individual book and sort of talk about it one thing i really loved about the planescape books when we looked at them for the travel book club mm. and i understand obviously we're shifting away from point of view stuff because i I, yeah. I admit before we read the planescape books i was a bit like oh point of view like monologues i don't know but i thought those were so well written in planescape yes. but so not only do we not really have we do have a little bit we have morts and various mimics yeah chipping in but it doesn't feel like compared to say when, i always come back to dragon eyes but dragon heist's volo's uh Gazetteer of yeah. Waterdeep. I kind of wish there was something similar because uh, you've got all yeah. this information, which is great. But I think uh, even then, as a primer for players who've just arrived, having a mirror like speak because we we know we've listened to that uh, audio mm. uh, as well. That was such a really cool. Or the intro from Two E to Sigil just being a tout explaining to you exactly, in the camp and and there's no can. It mentions it very briefly. It yes. mentions it and it uses a couple of them, but it doesn't have Burke. There's no list of like a glossary or a yeah. terminology list. And it's interesting because I know in certain um, actual play shows, I, so I've been re- watching uh, Dimension 20's Mentopolis, which is supposed to be like a film noir version of uh, Kids on Bikes. It's a hack on that. But then they printed out like language, like guides and like uh, things that you would use in the 1920s as slang. And mm-hmm. so that the actors could look and go, oh, you know, uh, they, they could they could actually, I mean, I can't think of yeah. any examples now obviously hip hip <laughs> that's more british than like american film noir but you get my drift like they, they'd be able to say things yeah. in yeah. like felt like very immersive and, and they actually mm. showed it afterwards in one of their things like oh look how cool they've actually the production team actually yeah. made us this and yeah. so i think i do along with no pronunciation guide again yeah i kind of wish they'd had a page or two of like here's some handouts of terminology mm. that your players can use it would be just nice as a page just on the can saying like you don't have to use it but no. hey this is they, they've already got one copy paste from 2e they've already got one that has the oh. list of, of terms and it'd be like 
if you want to get really immersive in in the Planescape, there was a camp that they used in the old days, and mm. it's really fun if you want to learn it. But you don't have to use it, and they, we're not going to pepper it everywhere. Yeah, I really like it, and it gave the whole thing about Planescape and why I think it's so attractive to a lot of people is it is so different. It has all that different style, but also it changed the way that it talked, like the whole very first person, and and yeah. as I said, the we never did the phases of Sigil, but as I said mm. in that, there's explains different characters who live in sigil and each one is like one is a wanted poster for them mm. one is them someone interviewing someone who is them and then the other one is someone talking about them to someone else and mm. or one of them is the mirror of them talking about them so it's like mm. the way that it delivered information was unique and different and that, that's something i feel is very particular to this planescape and i, I agree that's a, it's a game that's not there especially because mirrors and the, the use yeah. of them is quite vital to the adventure like it's quite yeah. an important part that you you go to these places to regain data and and the, yeah. how you transcribe and the sort of how accurate that is the sort of gathering of data without your opinion on it affects the ending of the adventure multiple endings for an adventure so cool don't get me wrong we have little boxes of, of stuff happening throughout which i i absolutely love but it just feels like you need to nail that home that because because i i feel like if you were just a dm you might oh, it's not not important you don't yeah. so I, I don't know it, it's just one of those things i thought this is such an important aspect yeah. of the adventure you need to put it fucking everywhere <laughs> yeah no i totally agree it's a missed opportunity we could talk a bit more about that when we come to to that bit i know i've already said it but i'm gonna say it again pronunciation guides guys are like you know what i i realized that the only book that has had it in recently is the radiant citadel for every single adventure, they have a list at the beginning. And since then, there's been none that I've seen. Yeah. And I kind of feel like that is such a miss things. Because like I, I, this is coming from someone who, you know, English is my first language, but I am terrible at pronunciations. I garbled them up all the time. And it would just be such a help. Yeah. Like, and we've spoken about it before, like on D&D Beyond, there's, you know, we've got Matt Mercer, Mercer voicing like pronunciations of some of them, yeah. but not all of them. And I get that, but you just, you just need just a, a box. It's a box. It's a page. It's literally a day, it's a day's work of someone. Even even just sigil, like or sigil, you know. Which they actually put in the old planescape. They explain how it's put in the tout explaining it. Go, it's sigil, not sigil. Uh, mm -hmm. Even though I will always say sigil because that's well, the way they it had, is. They but... had a video on it as well in the D and D thing, and and they said like ultimately whatever. But yeah. I mean, it's if the you want to get it right, the... yeah. it's this. You yeah, know, so... exactly. Let's talk about that first book then. Yeah. Let's get Sigil and the Outlands. Yeah. So as you sort of rightly said, we have a really nice introduction, the infinite doors to adventure. Ooh. And I think that this has a really nice primer to it, this idea of like three truths and the center of the universe, the unity of rings and rules of three. We've talked about this before all the time. There's always three always things. Always three, yeah. It's just a habit of the uh, the D&D multiverse. Even though there's 16 gate towns, which doesn't divide by three, but we'll get over that. Well, we'll get over that. Don't, don't, don't think about it too hard. <laughs> Then you have some character options, uh, yeah. which, again, we won't go into too much detail about, but they are mm. related to Planescape. And we probably have covered them in a little bit of UA previously, which is good. Yeah, There's only three chapters in this one. You yeah. have the Sigil chapter, which goes into lots of detail about like what life is like in Sigil, who the Lady of Pain is, the different factions. The factions get a yeah. really good looking. They I really do. I genuinely yeah. didn't think they were going to get as, as big a looking as they have, but actually, it's actually yeah. really nice. It's almost... I think I think it is on the same level that Ravnica had with their guilds. It's close without the faction sort of like 
bonuses and build-ups yes, and, and character options particular to each of them, which I think is something that could happen before. I do kind of wish that, because I did think that to myself. Like, it would have been nice to have that sort of renown type things, but at the same time, maybe they just wanted to make it a bit easy for people just to get in and get on with it rather than, because I know they talked about leaders and mm. where they are, the headquarters and stuff, and and that we know that they've streamlined it down from what was in 2E down a little bit and renamed a few of them as well. And then it goes into the Outlands, which talks about all the 16 gate towns which are basically yeah. the your entry point into the the uh, the yeah. different uh, planes of existence and but then on top of that a whole bunch of other little realms that are just dotted about the outlands as you go yeah. uh, hopefully to explore as i said we've talked about the character options so we probably don't need to go into them too much i do like them though i think they are good enough so we've got the two ones i'll just again just as quickly say so we've got them so gate warden which basically is that you know of portals mm. and gate towns essentially in your yeah. uh influence in a certain way then planar philosopher is more connected to if you want to be a faction member which i think is good and it gives you a little bit of something to to towards them uh without missing the missing the things that we talked about as having the actual faction elements yeah so it totally makes sense that that you are yeah that you are connected to those factions again it's really easy to just create a character mm. in planescape which i love then you've got lots of feats i really like those as well and mm. i think they're a really good way of giving you just you know a little bit more ability score increase but giving you agent of order that sort of stasis strike the grasp mm. of avarice for baleful scion which is the evil plane or cohort of chaos which i like chaotic flare is really fun i think yes. they're all really thematic and have a lot of fun i think the only thing is that we did i mean we i remember doing ua on this but like ardlings and the uh i can't remember their names but the the uh sort of good aligned creatures that have uh, have animal heads who do appear in these adventures like uh i think they're called gardenelles i think that's what they're called mm -hmm. um they were tested as playable character options and then they're not here in this book yeah let's face it we know we've got uh you know multi cannons presents the multiverse uh we know yeah. we can play any of these characters you can make your own but it just kind of feels yeah. like oh well you did play test and were they just people just were like nah nah we want to play we want to play other things maybe just no one was interested about it maybe i don't, yeah. I don't know but I yeah think, it is interesting yeah. that, that, that it wasn't and i just like more options really i'm i'm with you on that i think just chuck more in I think the more you make, if it, I think it's going to affect anything if you put them in and people didn't use them. I don't mm. think it's a. But as I said, I don't know. Be interested. It, it would be interesting to know them to actually. They never really do say, "Well, this was the feedback, and this is why we changed it." A lot of the time, mm. they're not very. They sometimes say, "Oh, we have changed this because we got feedback." But then, if something disappears, they don't normally go. Well, those people said they hated it or something like that. They just... It's interesting again, just just from off the back of that 2024 update mm. that they have, they say when they get the UA feedback, basically anything that gets seventy percent approval rating stays in, and anything that gets below that ah, well, is yeah. taken out. But 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 that's the first time I've heard them say it like oh, directly. Yeah, it's not, I don't think it's actually been on like in the ua please give feedback because if you don't give feedback and blah, 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 you know, it, it does not like a just want to give more feedback now <laughs> well so, exactly exactly yeah. and and it's interesting to read the comments because people are like yeah but you've not covered these particular things are they coming up in uas because we need to you know if it's the approval rating is really important so yeah it just again going back to the book yeah there's you know two new spells which are very you know uh planescape so gate seal warp sense which is finding these portals mm. like seeding gates opening gates etc the magical items uh again only three but that's yeah. fine again i think we i think i had a complaint about planescape and i was like oh, that is not much 
in terms of stuff. But actually, like for here for Planescape, uh, you know, you got your Mimir, a portal compass, which always feels like a the, the compass of the Black Pearl. You know, like oh, where's your heart does where's your heart's desire, yeah. and it's like oh, it's a Five Guys, you know, uh, <laughs> and then a sensory stone as well. And the artwork for these guys are really really cool. There's a really cool yeah. Mimir one. I love the Mimir ones. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, and the sensory stone. This idea of like captioning uh, like a, an essence of a single experience, so you can you can store it essentially and that other people can rent it out and experience it. I just thought, mm. oh, really cool. That, that's something I've been playing with a little bit with my uh, Curse of Strahd campaign because I just, I like that concept of like, oh, yeah. what, what would you willing to give up uh, like for, for to, to aid you, to, oh, an experience that you you love and yeah, you, we can bottle that. You know, it's, it's like that side hustle, like everything is content, all that sort of thing. It's like, yeah, everything a part is of, well, a part of you can give you something in return. You yeah. know, so I just, yeah, I just thought that was a really interesting, I was like, oh, I've been playing with that in my own game. But uh, it's a bit more brutal in my game because they, they're actually gone rather than just a copy yeah, of your experience. Copy of it, yeah, I've yeah. taken them out, as that person said. So <laughs> it's lovely. <laughs> Classic evil Fiona at work again. Evil Fiona, hey, I think. I, I think I, ambitious. It pays the bills. Ambitious it pays the bills. Fiona, that's what we call. <laughs> ambitious Fiona, <laughs> entrepreneurial. That's sure. all I am. Yeah, that's, th- that's it. That's it. Oh, people, people are just jealous. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get Sigil in the City of Doors, which, it, as we said, it goes into the City of Doors in a really good, concise, but surprisingly in depth as well. At the same way, it's a hard. They they struck the balance well. I. I feel personally, it tells you that Sigil is a cross of the multiverse, a city at the center of the Great Wheel, connected to every plane of existence and the infinite worlds among them. City of Doors brims with commerce, travel, schemes, and adventure. Sigil is commonly referred to as the cage because the only way in and out of the city is through one of its countless portals, pathways controlled by the enigmatic Lady of Pain. And there's some cool artwork. And that piece of artwork, the Dabu's artwork, is my oh. background. It is so gorgeous here's the thing so i i don't think i either that i don't remember the dabus like properly from two i remember i was talking about them them being yeah. like her, her they look like the grinch but they are they look so like i don't what's the word like it, they they don't look cartoonish i feel like in the, yeah. in the in the second one they looked very cartoonish and i was like are these are the 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 police force of no. of, of sigil they're like silent and they just hover around and they like they disappear to another realm of existence within sigil and no one mm. knows how where they come from are they born from the lady of pain or from sigil and they will sort of like keep it tidy and keep it organized but they're not the police force they will mm. just they're, they're sort of the they are the voices of the lady. Yes, yeah, they're sort of like uh, the, like a town crier crossed with a groundskeeper as they sort of yeah. sort out the razor vine going on. Oh, no, they're sort of like like a, a street cop, I guess, like a, what you a know, street like, cop. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Is it <laughs> yeah, like yeah, someone yeah. who walks the street, but they they're not a cop in the sense of like they're not extolling justice. Like they're a just community sort of, police officer. That's exactly what they are. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Give them damn. a high vis and a little bit of a, a higher sense of ego, and then you know like. Yeah, and then you sort of you got them there. We talked about them in the travel book club, but they don't speak in common or they don't speak out loud, but they speak in uh, Victor Rebuses. Rebuses, that's the word I was looking for. I was, I was like, it's not wingdings. That's yeah. what I mean. But that's what you use to make them. I love the idea that so cool. I made one for my characters. I, Did I, you? Yeah. <gasps> I don't know if I've still got it, but I made one when because I made 
Dragon Heist into Planescape a bit. Mm. I made the cast, not the cast, the Grey Growlands, mm. like second in command was a Dabu and was this weird creature to them, like a, a like a creature from another realm. And they were mm. like, that made them special. And that's why they kind of investigated. And, and they spoke to them with a Reba. Wow. So I wrote a whole Rebus out. Wow. Yeah. It took a while. <laughs> it yeah, took yeah, a while. Yeah. There is a Rebus maker online, but it's not very good. Well, oh, I was going to say, because that, that in my head, I was like, I'd have some common phrases sorted yeah. and then just have them printed out really to just hand them over. But yeah. you're right, if they ask you any question, I could just be like, shrug. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, computer says no, you know, that's yeah, I'm trying exactly. to desperately get it up. But again, the artwork for the Dabu is, is great. I mean, it shows yeah. an example of uh, them mm. speaking in briefs as well, which I really, really love. Yeah. The other thing I'd say, again, and this goes through all free books, I know I'm always like, oh, but what about this? So many tables. Yeah. But they're all good ones because in the sense of like, here's how you make an encounter. But then it's like, okay, is it a good? Is it an evil? Is it a, a lawful or chaotic encounter? Yeah. Uh, and then roll on the tables and stuff. Yeah, it gives you everything. It really does. But it feels very much like, Rather than before, which is like, here is a bunch of tables, have fun. It's a bit like, okay, you're in this area right now. Oh, an adventure hook for, say, uh, the ladies' ward. Um, mm. uh, roll a d12. And and then each of them, again, we, all the adventure hooks are really good. And they're very succinct. And instantly it's like, here's a seed, take it and run away. But it's all like, you're here in the ward. Here's some information about it. Here's uh, a couple of notable sites maybe what the factions are around here and then here is the adventure hooks and off you go which i just thought it's just nice to have it's worth probably saying now as well that we're probably not going to go into all of those places in sigil again because if you are new to us we've already done this we've done it we've done it already so you could search for our sigil outlands and we've also done a whole episode the first one i ever did with you on the book club which was the factions of sigil so you can find those as well so i just wanted to clarify for people if they have just turned up and gone they're not talking about all these places but there are changes. There are changes. There. Yes, yes. So I was just going to say, overall, yeah. uh, we have, uh, just having a quick count, we have six wards. Yeah. We have the Clerk's Ward, the Hive Ward, Ladies Ward, Lower Ward, mm. Market Ward, and then Under Sigil. And so there are some other wards, like Guild's Ward has been sort of like taken out. Yeah. Makes sense. Which makes sense because guilds aren't as important here compared yeah. to factions and factions are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it makes sense that you wouldn't have the uh, that particular ward in. But also Under Sigil, I think, is new as well. So that's the, kind of the replacement, this idea of an underground Well, one. that was the area that people thought was the terminology used for mm. where the Dabus hid out. Ah, was okay. what was called Under Sigil. Was this place that they used to say, oh, is it called Under Sigil? It's called another place. And mm. I don't know if I couldn't see anything that mentioned that in this, but they mm. sort of expanded it into yes. what is quite because they say that in the old book you say is sigil has infinitely grown on top of each other so is it infinitely deep because reality isn't what it is so the idea is that under sigil is like old sigil that's been just built on top of and that's Mm -hmm. just where it used to be said the dabus live but now it's using it more like what used to be the hive ward but there was like an under hive Yes. But that's a very necromant term but that's (laughs) the thing and I think they've just turned it into under sigil as a new way of working it. Mm-hmm. I think. But yeah, it's it's very cool because that's where the Revolutionary League lived and stuff like that. Yeah. And then on top of that, yeah, so you have these six sort of wars and then you have these 12 ascendant factions. A lot of them yes. are the same from the previous one. Again, some of them yep. are renamed, some of them are missing. I've merged. And what's interesting is that it says like, if you're wondering, oh, there's a particular faction that's missing, well, 
and it talks about the decline yeah. of certain factions. And here's some three three upcoming ones yeah. that are trying to find themselves. And how to make one, yeah. And how to make one, which is always, always good. I think, because that was the thing in Spelljammer. I, I know I keep harping back to Spelljammer. It didn't tell you how to make your own Spelljammer, Spelljammer or planet. Or city, yeah. Which was a big thing in, in the old Spelljammer about how to do it, yeah. But the, uh, I'm going to get their names wrong now, but I think... Whichever the minor faction is, which is all about baking, I think. Coterie of Cakes, a.k.a. the Cakers. The Cakers, yes. So also, they feature in the adventure as well. They do. And they're fun. Yeah, they're a very Fiona faction. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, a bit freaky. <laughs> There's a great little image of the of the cake folks in the in the adventures. But yeah, with the twelve factions, obviously it notes down sort of like who their leaders are, the sites and sigil which are their headquarters, the yeah. various planes that they're associated mm-hmm. with, common members, uh, common nicknames, and their roles essentially yeah. what they do. But it's all very streamlined and condensed. I think before we had like you know it would be like here is a page on them. Here we have like a couple of paragraphs, and it's just nice to have in the same structure mm-hmm. and the same with the wards as well it talks about like okay yeah ward encounters what factions are stationed here interesting locations and then mega structures and that goes back to the maps idea so it's like oh here's the laboratory mm. and here is a map for it here is the uh i can't remember the name but the big stadium that they have a, a random huge stadium of like for athleticism mm. and then it's like here's a map for it but it doesn't it, there's not necessarily any like an adventure hook it, there is some stuff yes. that's related to it but it's not like you must go here and i just thought oh Again, just another like resource where you can go, oh, I could take this and I don't have to use it in Planescape. I could put it somewhere else. I could put it on Strixhaven. Uh, yes. You know, just any of these other places that have interesting artwork and structure. And what what's great about those maps as well, because yeah, you'll have like the top-down sort of look of the map, but also in the, one of the corners, like, and here's what it looks like from the side. And you're like, oh, it's got so many planes. It yeah. looks beautiful. No, it's really cool. There was one thing in the factions that I did pick up which Please. is something I haven't heard, is the Doom Guards aligned plane is the Elemental Chaos. Mm. I have not heard of that before. Mm. And I think this is part of the the thing when I said in, we were going to look, we were going to go into the inner planes and mm. there's the the element, there used to be the negative energy plane and the positive energy plane. And I think that all changed. And I think that's probably what the elemental, I don't know what the elemental chaos is. I've never heard. Have you heard of that before? No, no. Well, it sounds like, again, put it on the list. We need to go, we need to go back to the elemental planes and the inner planes. And yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I think with the factions as well, like again, it's this, uh, you saw as well. I think I linked you to on D&D Beyond, there's some cracking like recruitment posters. Yes. Yes. And also, uh, can I just say again, artwork for all of them is beautiful because they, they yeah. look so fucking cool. 100%. Before I'm just like, oh, there's just all all these men arguing in a pub. That's how I imagined all these factions. And now I'm like, oh, but they've got really cool armor. And yeah. oh, yeah, I'll be part of the Mercy Killers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Factions of Sigil book that was out is actually really good. And I think if you did want to get more in depth, to it, I recommend either that or the Factoles Manifesto is the other book, which mm-hmm. looked really cool because it looked like a big like red leather book thing that used to have all the sort of like plans of all the places and stuff like that and i do mm-hmm. recommend if you want to go into depth and you want to start getting those things like faction abilities and stuff you can find that in there mm-hmm. but yeah i agree this book gives you the place you're like that gymnasium is now what used to be to me like it. oh it's slightly big building is now like that's fucking huge <laughs> like ah. it's like whoa jj abrams um <laughs> The final chapter, the Outlands, 
There's a lot. Oh my gosh, yeah. So with each of the 16, 16 evenly spaced towns, yeah. <laughs> it talks about, like again, it does that idea that they're presented in alphabetical order, but you give a little bit of dis- uh, discussion what the gate is, because that's the important thing. You most likely want to yeah. probably be going to the gate town for something, but if you want to go to the plane, you want to know what the gate looks like. Any sort of interesting events, regional effects. This is the thing I always kept bringing up yeah. in the Travel Book Club. And this time, it's not necessarily like, ah, oh, an effect on you, the character person say a lot of time it's like a here's a flavorsome thing here is something else to think about whilst you're doing your description so like for example the first one automata the mechanical metronome the gate ticks as it turns in time with the gears of mechanus repetitive sounds a bird tweeting a worker hammering a nail or a guard marching down the street are all synchronized to the gate's beat and then ordered environment buildings rock formations and vegetation are perfectly symmetrical and the town's climate is always temperate so those things they're not roll and see if you're affected by stuff that mm. i guess that sort of stuff it comes in the the bestiary it comes more in the plains as well i imagine yeah i guess so because these gate towns are influenced by the plains but they're still in the outlands yeah. so there's they're still like grounded in some way because i don't know if you did get influenced by the gate towns actually i think you did you i can't remember because that was the thing with the planescape to E it was like there was like and this is the gate town but here are all the other towns in the plains yeah. that you'll be interested in and I was like yeah. whoa I don't know which one's which yeah. but what I meant by that was like in the actual sort of uh, Mort's planar parade right at the beginning of that which I know we'll go into properly in a second there's so many tables but like oh if you want to make a, an NPC or a, or a character that's like related to a plane here are some tables that you know they gain benefits They you can make them have special mm. abilities depending on what planes they're from so it's very much like if you go back to the yeah I like that yeah if you go back to the Dungeon Master's Guide that's the sort of thing that you, when you're, all right, I want to make a monster, putting all the features together. This is just an extra thing, you would, an extra step you would add in if you were creating your own creature and then from a particular plane. And I just thought it was such a nice, easy step to put in. I just thought that yeah. was really, really cool. You also get like noteworthy sites, then adventures in the place as well. Yeah. It's usually just a 1d4, which is excellent. You don't have to, mm-hmm. again, not overwhelming. Yeah. We've talked about it before when we worked for some place. Like, oh, do we see this as a place where you'd have lots of adventures? And it's just, I think having four for each of the gate towns. Perfect. Perfect. Four times 16, you know, it's that's a yeah. lot. Can I say the mm-hmm. artwork for Pandemonium's place, Bedlam, is glorious. I'm mm. like, so cool. It's like this big well of a like meteorite strike. So I've been watching a Werner Herzog documentary about meteors, which is hilarious. It's actually really <laughs> funny. But in it, it's that sort of like big, like deep cavernous space, uh, like in, a, in the land. Then you've got this tower, which is this twisted roots that have a gate which has got this light going over this bridge and this figure standing in it and you can see the sort of smoky winds and there's a weird observatory on the top and you're just like oh it's so cool i love it i love it (laughs) i love it yes yeah sable reach the obsidian tower that claws above the miserable bowl that is bedlam so cool and there's places like uh, and I know you've already spoken about this but mm. like using these pictures as almost like a, a point of interest rather than a map and we, we, our friends yeah. at Moonlight Maps also talked about this in their talk oh I missed their talk so I wasn't there yeah it was very good because this idea of yeah. having um, isometric maps which are basically sort of not mm. top down not straight ahead but sort of like an angle like a oh, 75 degrees CRPGs 
like the old Baldur's Gates games. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And you would use those maps not necessarily for combat, but just here is a point of interest. And then mm. you could put your characters on it like and use it as a sort of like oh like staging stuff. Marker. A marker, yeah. absolutely. And it, that really helps. And I just wanted to point that out. So like mm. Rugus, which is the gate town of Archeron. So this idea yeah. of like it's a permanent military encampment and it's just like yeah. it's just shapes and like it sort of goes up almost like a cake, like a metal cake essentially. Mm. But there it's almost like a uh, I want to say hexagon. I think it's an octagon. Octagon. Yeah, it's a tiered octagonal cake. Which I believe, I'm going to get this wrong now, but I, I believe they can move the layers up and down mm. depending on stuff. And there are other yeah. gate towns that are also in similar layered yeah. states as well. I just, again, sometimes I'm like, I cannot imagine that. The artwork has really helped to bring that to life. Like Ribcage, I think it's given it a real Ooh, quality yes. further to it. The freaking Plague Mort one. Oh, I Holy know. heck ton. Look at that freaking demon infested. Like it's got like these person carrying a cart it's got these huge... it, i didn't realize how big they were in my mind because mm. the, the old maps made them look like little pele towns and these are like freaking fortification big. cities that you just feel like well get me an adventure in any of these because i'm just thinking like uh getting into the what is the tower called the blight steel keep that looms mm. over it you're mm-hmm. just like well you're a level 14 you've got to get inside the blight steel keep get to the gate which is the gate is the pit, an inky sinkhole that churns within a locked chamber in the Ark Lector's keep. A mangled steel platform extends directly over it, and walls of thick briars surround its swirling edge. A garrison of armoured demons, the hounds, defends the gates and its keep. Once human vassals who lived outside the keep, the fiends swear tenuous fealty to the Ark Lector Beck, so long as he furthers interest in the abyss. So it's like, to get to it, you've got to get through a whole keep, mm-hmm. get to the room, when then there's also going to be you know, absolute demon hounds standing mm-hmm. at the edge. And then you've got to jump into it and not get slashed by mm. all these briars that surround it on your way down. And I think that's just such a cool, like, adventure hook to, to make your way in there. But then on the flip side of that, so, you know, we've, we've mentioned gate towns, which are grim, the ones that have, like, toxic gas in the air, horrible. Yeah. and then you have... The towns which I think are quite scary, and we—I t- remember us talking a lot about this, uh, the idea of an ongoing party forever. So Sylvana, uh, yeah. the Olympian glades of Arborea, ones that scare you, the nice happy ones. No, 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 that's an ongoing party. I can't leave. I can't. <laughs> I can't go home and make my excuses. Oh no, but you can be the moody person in the corner, not talking to anyone though, for well, a long, long time. Oh, I don't know. I brood I, on them. You mm-mm. could just. I don't think that won't change anything. But that was a really interesting one because not only do you have like, you know, obviously an ongoing party, you have something called the Goodberry Grove, which is like little pixies. Uh, So little pixie kingdom. Again, they feature in the adventure as well. Uh, Widow's Henge, this idea of like a, a secluded arrangement of eight ancient... Menhirs. Is that how you pronounce it? Menes. Menes. I, I assume they were stones, but I don't think they are. I'm going to have to look that up properly. But this idea that they're, oh, they're worn by, oh, they are standing stones, sorry. Uh, but then one of them fell over. But there are now sumptuous feasts that are appearing on that particular stone. But anyone that goes near that, that place vanishes. And I'm like, no, don't. That's no. Da- danger. Danger. Yeah. Do not eat strange feasts from the standing stones, you know? No. <laughs> so, but Arborea is like, Proto's Feywild. So it's mm-hmm. like, don't get involved. Just don't, <laughs> just don't. Like, it looks nice, but it's very, yeah, you're right. It is dangerous. Mm-hmm. As I said earlier, I love Torch. I think that looks, those four kind of spies. It's huge. And it's like, have you ever seen that cycling movie, the cartoon one? It's a French animated 
The Triplets of Belleville. No, I've not heard of that one. It has like a Carcassonne-like city in it. Oh, okay. Which is on like a hill, but it's like really over the top. Mm. But it just reminds me of that. This sort of yeah. like very tall, spired, but French architecture in a really mm. weird sort of way. It's like French New York built on a mountain in a Carcassonne sort of way. I was going to say Mordor was more my reference, but yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of what Torch is like. It's like Dark Gondor, whatever the city in Gondor is, Minas Tirith or whatever it is, Minas isn't Tirith. it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like, so all these gate towns are great. And then there's Zao, Zaos, uh, the chaos. Uh, chaos one, yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? Chaos. Because it's like um, oh. X in, in Spanish is... Cha, isn't it? So, like, yeah. if you say chaos in Barcelona, so chaos. Again, would love a pronunciation guide so I don't look like a complete idiot every time I go, eh? But then, as it says, part of the whole thing is um, mm. locals can't even agree on how to pronounce the town's name. That's true. That is true. So, it's whatever you want it to be. If it's Zaos, it's chaos, chaos. But it also in the old book used to be XAOS, AXOS. S-O-A-X <laughs> The idea of chaos in Limbo This idea of, you know, it's rolling It's yeah. always changing uh, For me, instantly the image that comes up is that I know there's a technical term for it But I've yet to find it But you know those sort of AI artworks That constantly change Like a video, mm. you just constantly That's how I imagine yeah. being in this sort of land And I'm just like, God, that makes me feel very ill already Yeah, no, I think chaos I think Limbo is AI generation <laughs> Mid-journey, yes. yeah Yeah, constant yeah. mid-journeying And then they talked about this little thing called the cube I love that Yeah, I know this little outpost of like order that was done by Mechanos and then obviously it's been corrupted and transmogrified into the cube and mm. it's like we'll keep sending in Modrons and you're like don't, don't. What? this is this is bad <laughs> the cube reminds me of the Philip Schofield game show of like you have to do challenges and stuff so that's why I wonder if you find oh, inside the cube. yeah yeah that's what I always imagined but there's also the horror film as well which yeah. is like pre-saw oh yes it was yeah maybe there's just people endlessly playing dragon's jewel in there <laughs> I never picked up on it And I think it's a really cool idea Which was Brennan mentioned Is like mm. what he loves about Limbo so much Is that Limbo He said like oh, all the planes have like All these really defined logics to them, But then you get to Limbo And it's all chaos But it's also got the Gisarai mm. Who are ridiculously ordered people And he went mm. Doesn't make sense And when he said When I thought about it It's like no That is Limbo fucking with order Because it's so chaotic It has some order in it mm -hmm. So it's not even symmetrical to Mechanus, which is pure order, because it's not pure chaos, because it's pure chaos, but also has points of order in it. And it was like, that's such a good, that was so good. And they loved that of it. They really picked a good ambassador. Oh, yeah. For that, they, they had you know, the art designers, you know, yeah. uh, the, the writers all talking about it. And then they're like, should we just get Brennan Lee Mulligan in yeah. to just be like, wax lyrical? And of course, he's there going, like, oh my God, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, no, he's really animated. I also yeah. like, he was like, DJ Lindsay, I know you don't know who I am. I was like, I think Dieter I think he does Yeah <laughs> Bless him I'll put a link into that Specific uh, playlist To the show notes Because I think it's just Beautiful to see someone Again We wax lyrical about this But he waxes it lyrical And it kind of makes more sense Than maybe yeah. us perhaps I also like the idea Of the Shasalku Who are the mm. people Looking to bring Back together The peoples of the Githyanki And the Gisarai mm. Which I think is really cool I'm now going to take this As the canon As why in my Spelljammer campaign oh. The peoples are A united people again Nice. My Bowie's and Spelljammer thing. That's very cool. There's like the adventure hooks for chaos, which is like mm. a merciless Githyanki knight arrives on the back of a red dragon. You're like, 
I'm in. Uh, ask the characters to help them sniff out the members of the Shashkul on behalf of the Lich Queen. And you're like, okay, maybe I won't help them, but what a cool imagery that is. I'm just hearing a metal guitar. Yeah, I've definitely yeah. seen that Strangers, Stranger Things like season Lightning four. comes down on that yeah. bit, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and then Slard get a look in as well. Bloody Slard everywhere. Uh, I mean, the horrible and the great. So yeah, um, again, I, we're just obviously nitpicking at like all the things that we're like, oh, this is cool, this is cool. New things for me though, we do get a bit on the giants. We get the secrecy yes. the, from the secrecy of the hidden tower. The father of giants observes his children, which I thought was like, oh, yes. it's a little hidden tower of that. That's cool. But the one that I was, I, I don't think I, I met them before. Mm-hmm. They're like alien people. Are these the people in the spire itself? Yeah. Yes. The Dendralis is the realm. Yeah. Yes. Real Marnie. That's what the real Marnie. Marnie. Yeah. Well, again, they appear in the adventure. They are actually quite an important part of the adventure as well. I I've never come across them before, right? Yeah, you're asking the wrong person. I I don't know what's inside on there, (laughs) but I don't think we've talked about inside the spire before. Like we've talked about, the closer you get to the spire, that's when the sort of the magical restrictions happen uh, to the point where you know the magic can't be cast, etc. In the spire itself, like this in the spire. That's what I mean. It's in the actual spire itself. And I was like, I don't remember the real Marnie. I think that's new. I think that's a that's a new bit. And like I said, it comes, uh, it comes up quite a bit in the in oh, the adventure wait. itself. Okay, here we are. Oh, I've oh, gone on. oh no, you've googled it. No. Yeah, they first appeared in second edition as Auramax. Oh, they were. They are the natives of the spire. Okay, I don't know how I didn't notice them before, but I think it's because they didn't mm. look anything like that they look more like um mm. humanoids mm-hmm. with like skin over their eyes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. elongated limbed humans with three fingers and stuff like that a three digit so three fingered hands and three toed feet this idea of the place that they're in there's a little uh well it is a realm of some sort that is notable not only for its size but also it's slowly growing lattice-like city works to cover a massive body entombed within the spire mm. and we don't know the identity of or that they do but we do mm. not uh which is really cool i just yeah we, we, we can speculate whether it's a dead god a visitor beyond the multiverse or something else entirely which is just below sigil you think yeah. about it, sigil's on top for hovering over the spire yeah, yeah. oh who is it? Who is it? Who's knocking on the door? The theory that some people had was it could be the third dragon, the amethyst, the dragon mm. that's the, the the one that's like the progenitor of... Of gen yeah, dragons. Yeah, exactly. The one that only will return if Tiamat and Bahamut reunited. Their egg would be this dragon who would be ah. the... That's what some people theorized. Interesting. Interesting. The other little realms that you have, they're only like a couple of uh, paragraphs between mm. them. Uh, again, some of them do feature. The Caverns of Thought definitely features. Rosalina Prenepsis, which I mentioned loads of times. Which Very cool. Ancient time dragons. Time dragons. And I will say again, I know we're going to get to it, but in the adventure, the time dragon does appear. And it's very interesting, that encounter. Like, yeah. I love it. It's just everything about it. But there's so much here and then finally sort of talks about again something that is mentioned is uh, mentioned this idea of walking castles yeah bring home with us get the bastion up on on some legs and we'll just go uh because that again does feature in the adventure but it reminds me a lot of colossal the rpg uh this idea of having rooks and stuff moving about you mentioned uh, this when we last talked about walking castles there you go (laughs) because it doesn't have the same 
requirement as it did in the old idea of the outlands, mm. which is in the outlands used to have the magical effect that every time you got closer to the spire, spells of would like so you could only use when you're at the edge of the spire, you can use all spells. And when you go yeah. in, you can only use up to eighth level, then up to seventh, then up sixth, fifth, fourth, yeah. whatever. But the then what the idea was that wizards lived at the ring where they could cast up to. So oh. a wizard would live, okay, I'm a wizard, I'm training. I can only do up to level four spells. I will only live in the zone close to the spire where mm. you can only cast level four spells so a more magical, powerful wizard can't come and fight me. And then when you get better, you quickly move into the fifth level spell area because then, you, then you're better than everyone else sort of thing. And that's why you have, they had, that oh. was the reasoning behind the walking castles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They've not kept that, but it's still, they make sense of it as it keeps it ever moving and ever changing. And, that sort and of it also makes it, I guess you can then put in uh, the bastion rules uh, yeah. into this. Love it. I want a walking castle. Who wants a static one now? Yeah, rubbish. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm just now thinking like, who lives in normal homes? Why wouldn't you just have all moving homes? But uh, people do still live in normal, more standard homes. Well, but... there are some moving homes called like caravans, and no, are I these? Know. No, and I love them, and I. It, but it kind of makes you think. Yeah, it makes sense actually. So much cooler. Mm. Shall we have a quick look at Mort's? planar parade let's let's 100 like a page or two at the beginning talking about stat blocks the petitioners yeah. mentioning petitioners for the first mm-hmm. time yeah it kind of explains those a bit more which is good gives you a challenge rating layout mm. which i thought was an interesting way which is good when you're online when you can use them as click clickable mm. links not so good in a book but in this it's like oh, i need something it's like a level 14 oh great instead of it being ordered by alphabet here it is ordered by challenge rating which is quite good and then the planar influences that's what i was talking about earlier mm. this idea of like if you pick say for example arcadia uh, creatures influenced by arcadia gain perfectly symmetrical features and appear internally youthful and all mm-hmm. vigorous a creature influenced by arcadia also gains one or more of the following traits of your choice so you could give them up to three or, or one it doesn't one matter one or more of those choices yeah no yeah. and I, I love all of them i like the bitopia one Sounds mm-hmm. of work. Whenever the creature casts a spell or makes a spell attack, the faint sounds of hammering and soaring can be heard nearby. Uh, Hades has some cool ones as well. Oh, Non-magical yeah. flames within 10 feet of the creature are extinguished. Larval rebirth. When the creature dies, it reforms someone. Hades is a lava. Ugh. Oh, very nice. It talks about the denizens, so that idea of like, you know, splitting it by sort of, you know, aberrations, beasts, yeah. celestials, uh, giving you examples of what will turn up. Like I said before, there's either like good, evil, lawful chaotic and now it's like but what if fiends do you want an account of a fiends i'll give you a account of a fiends oozes i'll give you that or d4 of oozes what do you want <laughs> yeah whatever you want exactly. whatever you want well, we've got them all so that first part of this book like the first like 14 15 pages it's just like here's the encounter stuff and i've not seen that before yeah i don't think spelljammer had it yeah and don't get me wrong i loved the spelljammer beastery i thought it was really really cool but because it didn't have Here's how you make your own planet. Here's how you make your own spaceship. To be fair, like Tasha's does quite a lot of that. Like, uh, you know, what's the region like? Let's roll that and stuff like that. And here's yeah. the theme of it. It's all good, but I'm just like, this feels like already is set up to be like, okay, so what choices do I could I make at the beginning to make it easier rather than what I tend to do, which I scroll through and go, oh, there's, a, I like that image. Oh, I like this image. And that's the thing I want to say about the beastry at the top. Every single one, I believe, of these of the monsters featured in this, yeah. or sort of the creatures featured in this, has an image associated with it, which is great. I love, I love having images to be able to look to and be like, oh, I can point that out. Like, and also, I, I'm going to say it straight away. 
there's loads of modrons. Oh, there's so many more than we've had before. Uh, well, apart from obviously that there's one book that's had all of them, isn't it? But it really was. Compared to, um, uh, again, what's mentioned here, the most famous like seems to be a uh, second edition Planescape Adventure, the Great Modron March, yeah. um, which had more details about all the different kinds of modrons and stuff. Here it's like, let's just put, let's put some stat blocks in them because you're going to probably meet some of them because of the adventure. And I mean, I'll be honest, they still got the human lips. Lips, which mm, I know you love. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> and they just look so human. I'm just looking at an image on page uh, 39, uh, which has got the Hexton Modron, a Septon Modron, two Octon Modrons that oversee the smooth functioning of devices on the plane of Mechanus. And they are terrifying. That, that's a, oh, that's yeah. a oh, battle right there. They've got their really cool lips. And the feet on the Decaton one. I know. I think they've been like given a little bit more mechanicalness than mm. they did before, which I quite like. Mm. And Onison has their a sort of like bellows tummy, you mm. know, like which mm-hmm. I quite like and stuff. Yeah, really cool. I just finally found the a picture of the Romaldi. These sort of like weird sort of like you said exactly yeah. you said the alien type almost well, armored ones. One. Yeah, the old oh, ones. So good. I'll, I'll show you like the yeah. two E ones are completely this is why I was probably confused because I've i they I do remember seeing this image before. And this is, oh, not anything like the new ones. Um, They're just like a humanoid. Oh, wow. Yeah, they look... Oh, yeah, no, I don't like those. (laughs) And then in the third edition is the ones I was saying look like the sort of more grey man... Oh aliens. no, I don't like yeah. those. Yeah, no, I like I like these updated ones, thank you. And these new ones are like really cool alienoid AI robot people obviously you've got your time dragons that is the coolest piece of artwork that is a 70s rock band sort of poster for their sort of like tour isn't it you know like it needs some really cool psychedelic writing on it for like Jimi hendrix experience underneath it because i'm like that is cool they put all the sort of the creatures like people that you probably encounter on the planes as probably as counter it together and then they've got the faction agents at the back of the book which i think is really good so you're not if you're like oh i'm trying to find you know i'm trying to find uh bleak cabal like people and i'm not looking in the b section per se i'm like oh, i'll go to the faction section first and then so they have that ca- categorization each of the like faction agents have mm. their own artwork like uh looking at the doom guard rot blade the yes. fated shaker the fraternity of order lawbender that oh they all look so charismatic. Uh, I will say that the Fated Shaker has incredible sleeves for that image. And that one in the middle there. Yeah, they are cool. They are so cool. Great glasses. Yeah. Great pants. <laughs> yeah. Great coat game. I'm all for it. The Doom Guard Doom Lord looks the most like the old 2E art style, I'd mm-hmm. say, of all of them. Yes. Because the rest of them do feel very, yeah. Oh, that Fated Shaker, That those are serious that's a serious look and then yeah going through you got the heralds of dust remnant the harmonian captains yeah the death dust remnants cool the harmonian peacemakers as well yeah mercy killer bloodhound that is a cool pose they are really cool each evocative the imagery and i just mm. even going back through like even the kasari there's three different ones of the kasari that should look beautiful and obviously give a sort of personality as well lots of horrible demon like ones which are like oh those are horrible and then there's something something called a dark weaver and i was like i wonder what that is and then i took open the image and i was like oh don't open that a bitch <laughs> If you're not a fan of spiders, I would not open that image. Oh, yeah, that one's cool. And then the, the cranium rats get a look in as well. Yeah. The squeakers was cool. I like that. That's a really good piece. They were part. very big, obviously, in, in Planescape, you know, uh, in the video games as well. And 
I will say that I, from, I know them from uh, Acquisition Incorporated, uh, Jerry Holkins. He yeah. loves a cranium rat. He will put them in oh, really? anywhere. So then you have like, yeah, cranium rat squeakers. Yeah. They look terrifying. They're very really much like, cool. I remember like, the Constantine uh, video game and, and the film, they had like a horrible bug type man as well. But actually, oh, yeah. all of all of rats like that, yeah. is like the horrible. eater of knowledge. By the way, mm. I like that. That's disgusting and awesome. <laughs> I like the Colliarut, which are the created by Primus. They're sort of like attack modrons. Mm-hmm. They're very much like General Grievous because they've got four arms. And yeah, yeah, but they're also like meant to be like, oh, we're yeah. here. I like the terminology. It's like. Oh yeah, they just they seek you know binding terms and forge ironclad agreements. I'm like, he's got four blades. He doesn't look like he's down to make agreements. He's down to lay down the law, you know, like <laughs> And there's a ones of gardenals. So that's the creatures I was talking about before. Yeah. And there's some great ones. There's like a, an equine one. There's a the, the equine a, one is definitely Bojack Horseman. <laughs> the Mustaval one's really cool. I know the cute mouse one. It makes me think of Mouse Guard. The bird one is um, what's his name in the movie, in the DD movie? Jothro, Jethro, or whatever it is. Jonathan. Isn't Jonathan! It? Jonathan! <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, a bit more with its sort of Jonathan character. <laughs> and they just reminded me of it when I saw oh, it. So I good. love that. Again, bit. you can make so as many cardinals of different lineages as you like. But I was yeah. like, why can't I play like a, can't I play a little mouse cardinal? I know. Yeah, it's like Dragonbane. I'm a big fan of the Dragonbane uh, Mallard characters. Mm, yes, the duck ones. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Big fan yeah. of those. Well, that, that's, that's the cleaner parade. What a parade. What a parade. I mean, all, all you've probably heard from the last 50 minutes of us going, oh, how cool is this? And we've not gone over <laughs> any stats at all. But that doesn't matter. Because like, again, for us, I think it's ordered in such a really good way to be like, here is stuff to put in yeah. your games. And then you can go for it rather going, oh, okay, it's all in alphabetical order. What's this? What's that? I think the Time Dragons is the only thing that's really new. I think maybe we could talk about their Time Breath, which is, the, mm. it works very similarly as than other recharges fight on a five to six. Each creature in that area must make a DC 24. This is for an ancient one. Fuck. Constitution saving throw. And I always dump constitution, so I'm screwed yeah. on that one. Yeah. And on a fail save, the creature takes 812 force damage and is magically weakened as it's desynchronized from the time stream. Whilst the creature is in the stake, attack rolls against it have advantage. It has the poison condition and other creatures have resistance to all damage it deals. So it only hey. deals half damage. On a successful save, oh it just takes half damage only. A weakened wow. creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turn, ending the effect after it succeeds on three saves. So you've got to make three successful DC 24 constitution saves. As someone who never has more than a plus one, I need someone to give me inspiration, at least. Guidance. Guidance. All the, the, like, yeah. Have weapons that just like, yeah, give you advantage. Like yeah. That is a world-ending fight. That is, that's why I was, I think I told you about this idea I had AIDS ago, which was basically just like epic level encounters. You just fight one of these creatures as best as to your abilities in their lairs. And it's just, it's just like a play-by-play, you know, like, like football type. Going, oh, oh, a bad miss. Yeah. Oh no, not the time breath. But, uh, you but know. that's not the worst thing it does though, Fiona, because it does time gate, which is it conjures a 20 foot diameter circle portal in the space between its horns or in an unoccupied space it can see within 30 feet. The portal links to a precise location on any plane of existence at a point in time up to 8,000 years from the present, whether past or future. 
The portal lasts for 24 hours or until the dragon's concentration ends, as if concentrating a spell, which it can just choose to do. Portal has a front and a back on each plane where it appears. Travel through the portal is possible only by moving through its front. Anything that does so is transported to destination, appearing in the unoccupied space nearest to the portal. Deities and other planar rulers can prevent portals created by the dragon forming, opening in the ruler's presence or anywhere within their domains. So the t- the, the dragons will be like, I don't like you. Ooh. 8,000 years in the past. Bye. The Weeping Angel, essentially, from Doctor Who. Is that Who, what the Weeping but... Angel does? Yeah. Oh, of course, you, you're not a Doctor Who person. Yeah, they just, they sent you to the past. So they touch you, they send you to the past, and they they feed on the potential that you have, because you've died by now. You you know, so the potential that you had in the future, that, that's what they feed on, so that's what they do. Oh, so they don't kill you. They send you to the past. Well, uh, they do kill you, but the slow way around. Technically, you continue living, but you mm. then live in the past, but they take the potential that you've lost. Oh, yeah. that's... Evil. That's weird. They're the ones that when you have to close you, if you don't look at them, they close. They get closer to you. Is that the one? Yeah, yeah. If you don't blink, that whole yeah, yeah. Shen- shenanigans. Yeah. There you go. I think we have to do the Doctor Who <laughs> role playing game at some point for Paul Hamilton yeah. and goes, oh no, Fiona, why? I'll be just like, what? <laughs> That's not a police box. <laughs> <laughs> oh, spoilers! Spoilers for all of Doctor Who. <laughs> Well, there you go. So that is the first two books of uh, yeah. our Planescape thing. I think we should end there yeah. and come back for the adventure. But so far, so good. Like, so far, so good. Honestly, yeah. um, I think they've done a real justice to it. Mm-hmm. And I hope it leads to, to more. I really hope it does well. I really do hope it does well. This is the thing. I think... Again, Spelljammer, I could obviously see places where it could be improved and maybe have yeah, let's have mm. another book out, etc. Here, I'd hope so too. But again, mm. as we said last time, that maybe they'll be like, well, we want the community to fill in on stuff for this. And so that's that's in a sense, like, you know, maybe the community will come up with more adventures, maybe a bit more in terms of like uh, realms that we can find in the Outlands and all that sort of thing. But it, it feels such a solid start compared yeah. to... Belgium. Like I said, the nitpicky things that I have about it are stuff that I have with every single D&D product, yeah. uh, just because I, I need a pronunciation guide. It is just my thing. And, it, it, you know, I think if you're going to introduce a new setting in general to us, so, for example, Strixhaven or with Wild Beyond the Witch, like it was all fame, Wild Domain, mm. it would be nice to have a list of terms and terminology and yeah. stuff, uh, just, just to really immerse ourselves to put us in there, especially if they're bringing stuff in, like as we'll find in the adventure, this idea of a you know a, a Mimir tracker, an information tracker sheet, and because we had that with previous adventures, you know, like I don't know so much about Dragonlance, but you know, Strixhaven you had a report card in the mm-hmm. Wild Beyond the Witch, like you had like your time at the carnival, ways that you could track progress, uh, which is more of a physical thing. So if we're doing that, that's great, but put in some extra bits, the lexicon, that'll be all good. We say it literally. Every time. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> Broken record. Uh, Hamilton, before we go on to the next recording, is there anything yes. else you'd like to plug? Uh, anything that you've got on your mind? What, what's what's new with you, my friend? Bo is the spell jammer. It's coming out this month. It is coming out this month. I keep saying it. It will happen. It will happen if I keep saying it. Yep. 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 <laughs> the other thing is my Kickstarter will be happening this month as well for my Mork Borg uh, Demon Slayer yes. slash blood omen the first adventure for it so if you did come to mcm and you did buy a copy of demon slayer do not fear you don't have to buy it again you can also just buy solo the adventure which is the blood omen one i've been making some fun maps in that which are not doing them as map styles but taking old maps of cities like in those sort of Mm. isometric views but then building using my architectural skills to design (laughs) funky buildings to go in them to like give some flavor to them instead of Mm. it being because it feels a bit more akin to the sort of Mortborg world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That should be hopefully a fun little adventure for we would That's play cute. as 
as demon slayers it involves blood gods and blood omens and mm. and demons of that kind so as well as some vampires as well so you know why not all the fun things all look the at, fun look stuff at you, look at you being a little bit horror oh yeah but i do horror in my way do you know what I, mean? <laughs> I do horror this is hamilton's horror this is hamilton horror exactly it's not hammer horror it's hamilton no it's hamilton horror, horror. yeah exactly <laughs> that, that's me <laughs> I think I, th- I think that's all I'm doing. We never I'm, we never remembered. We've got dragon meat as well coming in. in yeah. December. we're going to be doing the nightmare before the the Cthulhu who stole Christmas. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be interesting as well. Playing Mortborg, but Fiona, yes, who the heck are you? Mate. What the heck are you? Oh. Where are you? Oh, so glad you'd ask. Uh, yes, yeah, so when I'm not uh, also busily preparing for Dragon Meat uh, with the hat of Podcast Zone coordinator on top of that, yeah. my name is Fiona. I, I, am, I am me. Person? I am a person. Uh, I, I am lost in Sigil as we now speak. I think I'm in one of the Lady of Pains' maze, mazes. mazes. Yeah. I've definitely done something like that. Uh, but I'm a podcaster, I'm a voiceover person, and general all right improviser. Uh, where am I? I am still at home. Uh, and I am. It's very nice here. It's not too rainy, which is good because I know it's been we've had some storms recently. And then where mm. am I? I am so glad, as always. I'm so glad you asked. Where? What am I rolling? It's a twice monthly RPG one shot podcast where we do lots of different RPG systems. Hopefully, going Rogue Two will be out uh, by the time this this episode's gone out because yeah. I had to I do delay it ever so slightly because I had no voice. So I put up uh, uh, put up our panel that we did for um, MCM about character development, which a little known person called Hamilton was also on it. Uh, myself, uh, we had Hem from uh, Blighthouse Studios, and of course, uh, as coordinated by presumably the third person in all of our podcast now, which is Tay, who's just the invisible producer behind everything. Hundred percent, which which was really really good. Uh, there'll be yeah. some more uh, interviews stuff coming out i'm just organizing now a few things for the new year oh are which, you yes very excited maybe a pirate borg uh game maybe, maybe, maybe. Up. maybe, maybe just ag- uh, agreed to a city of mist one shot that would be really fun because I, I i know i really enjoyed my stint on uh, a dice with a slice uh and a few others i've got in the pipe work i just need to nail down uh dates for them and so yep. that they will happen well uh thank you so much for listening friends and thank as you. always we will see you on the flip side. side. Bye. 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 Also, on the factions, I yes. forgot there's one called the Free League. Yeah. I think that's where Free League got its uh, name. From. I think that's just a general because that's what's. what's... No, but it was in the old in the old factions. There was that. Yeah, one of it was called the Free League, and I never thought about it until now. And I was like, I do think that's where they got no, their name. No, I think I think that's a big coincidence. Well, now that I know that ZZ Top guitarist wore a Planescape jacket, I think. There's more. There are more Planescape fans out there than you may know. <laughs> I don't know. This this feels very much like David Icke territory. Like well, everyone's in this. Jesus Christ! I'm not quite brains. David Icke. Am I don't I? know. It's like, what do you think it is? It's Planescape. <laughs> They're all Planescape. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> David Icke is everyone is a lizard. Me, a company who makes RPGs, may have been fans of Planescape. <laughs> and name themselves after a Planescape faction is not as crazy as... I know, but...
The queen was a lizard. <laughs> to explain to our listeners what we're talking about with the ZZ Top thing, our friend Taylor from Backwater Bass. Don't tell them because I'll bid on it as well. No, I'm sure they won't. We won't give them. We're not going to give them the link. <laughs> don't mind. Um, but there's lots of like celebrity things that are up for auction, and one of them is various ZZ Top paraphernalia. Yeah. yeah, and one of them has like a denim jacket with artwork of dragons on it. But then Hamilton spotted one which definitely has a Lady of it's Pain. It's the Lady of Pain sigil, like pick the planescape emblem of Lady of Pain, and it was. 94 which is when it came out and, uh, and like written down as aztec like figure and i'm like i know what that is that's the bloody lady of pain i've bid on it put 200 dollars down i'm like oh, oh, my word. oh my god i'll sell the dragon one for, yeah and i'll, and I'll keep and that you'll, get, you'll keep that one fine but the thing is that you could turn up to dragon meat wearing that and that'll be incredible no because it because as i'm an idiot and as like tay said the actual auction isn't until the 8th of december oh no so um, MCMA well, <laughs> come to our stall in May and see if Hamilton has taken has... off that jumper if once I get that jacket it's, I'm wearing yeah. that denim jacket every day I actually I'm not going to lie I did mm. mess, I went to the artist's website to see if it was him and it said you can message him questions so I asked him a question saying I really like this jacket. I want to know if did you how, how did you come up with this? Because I thought, why not? I want to find out. I was like, what? let me. I don't know if he, shall I see if he's replied to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What do you? Like, why? Yeah, how do how do you do these things? I go, oh no, I couldn't possibly. That I'm going to look like a weirdo by doing yeah, this. Well, and you're just like, hey mate, yeah. hey mate, I'm a weirdo. <laughs> is, this, is this Lady of Pain? <laughs> I just thought, oh, I really love Planescape. A big fan. I just saw this jacket, and I just wanted to know. Hey Hamilton. I paid a lot for some of this. I have no idea what you're talking to. Sorry. Oh, he said, I paid a lot of stuff for Dusty over the years. Honestly, I have no idea what item you're referring to. Sorry. I'm going to reply to him though and say, this is the item. He did reply to me though. He did reply to you. That is, that's wild. See? That's wild. Anyway, <laughs> Hamilton's a freak on the internet and emails people randomly. That... It was on his website. It says, if you want to ask him a question about uh, his art, uh, please no, no, do. You, you followed the instructions to the letter. I'll, I'll give you that. They're calling me out as a weirdo. Uh, <laughs> I also like how that the module they tell you is called Juliet three one four because it's yes. pie. Yes, and I only found out the other day if you mirror three one four, it spells pie. If you put a mirror to three one four, four backwards is a p, one is an i, and three backwards is an e. It spells pie. How weird is that? There you go. Think on that one. It's sorry. It's David Ike back again. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I'm emailing random people on the internet and telling them my weird theories. <laughs> <laughs> I am David Icke. And that just reminded me of that Costa coffee machine I was showing you when we were yeah. in the Tesco. Well, do you want to explain that? Because that completely blew my mind <laughs> when you were doing that. So if you ever go to one of those machines that gives you Costa coffee, so like in a Tesco or in a garage where they have like a Costa machine, mm. so it has a little speaker. So when you put the coffee down and you press the button and it makes a sound like a coffee machine's going off, it's actually playing that out of a speaker. But if you listen carefully, it also plays the sounds of like, the mumbling and like ting, 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 and sounds of like tinkling cups and stuff like that because it's recorded the sound of someone brewing a coffee in a Costa coffee machine. It's a 4D experience. It's wild because I, I tend not to get coffee from those machines. I just, it's not, I, I'm not the fan. Yeah. So then when you put them, I'm like, no, I don't like it. Yeah. There's, a, there's a whole Costa coffee in this Tesco Express. <laughs> yeah, Where really does that strange. come from? I only use it because it's mainly because I drive a bit and it's like when you go on a long journey and they, they're the sort of things you're like, oh, fuck it, I'll just get one. They're also, yeah, it makes sense that you get one from Tesco rather than waiting in line at Costa and then having to get out. 
in the US, obviously, there's loads of drive-throughs, so that's very easy to get. There are here. now drive-through ones at the on the motorway. Oh, is there? Oh, yeah, there there's drive-through Starbucks, drive-through Costas now. It's all over the oh. shop. It's a changing world, Fiona. It's a changing world. Oh. Well, back to the multiverse. Um, 